Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could have edited that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V. Today, I welcome back to the podcast, Rory H. Mather, picture book author of Easter, Catastrophe, Vlad's Bad Breath, Vlad's in Love, Get Back in Your Books. And tonight, we're going to talk about Rory the Lion. Rory is also been on the podcast in episode 377 for the Shire Writers Festival. That's episode 377 with the Shire Writers Festival and episode 258 where we talked about Vlad amongst other things. You've got your beautiful book there, Rory. Welcome. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back, Danny. <laughs> I love having you back. I love having a peak guest because it's just like hanging out with a friend. <laughs> Definitely. And hopefully, like, hopefully I'm a little bit less nervous this time around and won't be so many arms and ahs, but I make no promises. Well, just because you got comfortable, I decided I've got a couple of uh, get-to-know-you questions at the end. So I hope that's going to make you a bit more nervous. Well, that's all right, because I've got a few get-to-know-you questions at the end as well. <laughs> what, so, what a ooh, coincidence, Rory. What a coincidence. Now, I need to, uh, need to tell listeners that we were talking the other day and you said that your goal is to be cool enough to be interviewed by myself and Adrian Beck. I don't know what that says about me. Um, Rory, I thought I was pretty cool. But anyway, I told him. I told well, him this just no, to You are definitely you. very cool. <laughs> but. Right. There's a but. but. What's the but? Oh, I don't know. It sounded like there was a but coming. Oh, well, the, no, the but, the but is that, um, see, it, I, I think you're amazing and I think you're very cool. It's just that I was listening to your podcast you did with. Um, Worst name? week ever. Worst week ever. Um, at Cosgrove and Eva Amores. Yes. Yeah, I was listening to that podcast and at the very beginning, um, Adrian said that he only comes on for the really cool people. And I was like, ooh, ooh, wife goals. <laughs> he actually uh, loves Matt Cosgrove. But I told Adrian this just to embarrass you. So I'm not embarrassed easily, so 
<laughs> so he he was actually well he told me he was busy he's probably washing his beard he's got quite a beard these days because it's lockdown yeah. uh but he wrote you a poem oh are you ready are you ready, ready. Yeah, okay, it's exciting. Let's, let's do this there was a young man named rory who writes story after incredible story his latest book for your shelf named after himself so i'm certain he's destined for glory that's possibly cooler than having him on the show, to be honest. That's amazing. So he wrote you a little limerick. So, you know, he's a picture book author himself and an author of he junior is, fic yeah. and middle grade. So, you know, just that was for I'm you, Roy. big fan of his dad joke book. Mm. Who isn't, really? Who doesn't love a good dad joke? It anyway, does. we're here to talk about you. We you know. Oh, well, we'll see about that. I do the editing, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but your gorgeous book, Rory the Lion, and that's Rory, like R-O-A-R-Y, Rory the Lion. And I just want to, um, we'll talk about the illustrations because it's just beautiful. But give us an elevator pitch to start us with for your new book, Rory, Rory the Lion. Righto. Uh, so Rory is the king of the jungle. Um, he's fierce, he's strong, he's everything that a lion should be, except he can't roar. And he's a little bit, a little bit um, shy and upset about this. Feels like it doesn't make him the real deal, and so he sets out to um, discover his role. And along the way, probably make a few friends. I love it. It's very cute, and it is a bit of a play on your name, as Adrian uh, said as well. And this took you a, a while to write. I it remember did. you telling me before. Tell Definitely me about this. Did. Tell me, tell me why it took so long to write. Um, I think sometimes, like I'm gonna. This is. Not bragging, but a good story. I'm not saying necessarily that this is the best story ever, but I think it's not too bad. Um, I think it's pretty it can good. Can take Rory. a while to write. <laughs> well, thank you, but um, it, yeah, I guess like it's got it's it's not simple rhyme, um, and uh, I guess that makes it a little bit more complicated than other stories. But um, I think just um, the story just took a little bit longer to come about. Really, like I. The idea came about quickly and I the basic premise of the book was very simple. Um, but coming up with the ending was the hard part because I, mm. I initially had um, Rory being a bit of a, a bit of a bully, actually. He um oh, okay. he, was, he was embarrassed about about his lack of a roar and he would go to animals and he'd be like, um, get show me your best roar or I'll eat you essentially. And oh. um and oh no, that just didn't feel quite right and also didn't really um wasn't conducive to a good ending. Mm. So I rejigged it and rejigged it. I rejigged it for about about thirty or possibly even thirty five times. I think um, I can check my folders. Um, <laughs> definitely in there because um, I like to keep all my work. But yeah, I rejigged it a lot, and um, eventually I came up with something I was I was quite stoked with. So, but that took about three years, or mm. more, probably four or five years. Even. Isn't that amazing with ideas how, because that happens to me as well, some ideas come to you and I have written something that's half decent in a weekend, right? Yeah. It of course it needs editing and stuff, but you've written, you know, it'll probably stay 60% the same, you know, you can write it in a weekend. And then there are others that you just wrestle with and wrestle with and wrestle with and they stay on my ideas not working spreadsheet <laughs> and they just hang out there. And I think it's really interesting that some ideas come fast and hard and good and then some ideas you just... just they just sit there for years until maybe you can make something out of them. It's weird, isn't it? It's insane because, you know, my, my next book, Arthur Rory, comes out in, um, well, I'd probably say it actually, it's, it's online now. So it's um, coming out in January and 
it's um, I wrote it in half an hour. Oh my god! And like I'm stoked with it. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, some stories just take a little bit longer, and it is a it is a simple, more simple rhyme scheme than Rory, mm. um, but doesn't make it any less good. Um, and I think just as you say, some stories just take a little while, and some stories never quite get there. To be honest, yeah, like, I've got right. stories where I'm like. Yeah, no, that can. I, won't, I never delete them. No, just in case. Yeah. But I, I just they're not coming out of the folder probably. I think it's funny though because I've got a spreadsheet, like I said, and I think it's funny to see how long they're going to stay there for. <laughs> like, oh, that I still haven't got an idea after a decade for that one. <laughs> like, it's yeah. interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, well, like I revisited a story um, that I wrote the same time as Rory um, about a month or two ago. I was like, you know, Rory's coming out. Surely by now, um, I've come. I've developed as an author. I could. I could really nail this. And I was like, no, I cannot. I can definitely nail this. <laughs> and back in the folder it went and I'll check it again in five years' time. Mm, I love that. So this one took me seven years, Daddy. <laughs> we'll be up yeah. to episode 1,050. <laughs> Look forward to it. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I'll be famous after Adrian will actually come on. Maybe, maybe. Life goals. <laughs> now, I loved the illustrations in this like I particularly I loved the illustration there's they're amazing I think they really suited the story but they've got they're really different like I don't know mm. how to explain it because I'm not an artist myself but they're quite unique and yeah they really are they are right and the illustrator Patrick Corrigan I want to know Rory from the process of you know going ahead with this picture book and then I know that you know you speak to the you speak to Mary from Larrikin about illustrators and then you provide a bit of feedback to the finished illo. So I actually want to know this whole process of you having written the manuscript and then going through the illustrations because I think that's something that we don't talk about much. Yeah, so I guess with, with a lot of publishers, you don't really get too much say um, on who your illustrator is going to be. Um, I'm fortunate enough um, with Larrikin House that I've developed a really um, strong relationship with um, Mary and James that um, they give me some say, but obviously they get the final say. And it comes down to really um, whether or not they believe the illustrator will fit that particular story. Yeah. And with Rory the Lion, um, I knew from the outset when James signed it who I wanted, and that was um, Pat Corrigan. Wow, because, really? Yeah, because I'd, I'd been following him for about probably a year and a half by that point, and um, I just love the way he does animals. And I was really curious to see what he would do with this story. And it's, it's amazing because I follow him on Instagram and he, he's got some amazing animals on Instagram. I'm about to follow um, him on Instagram. Definitely do it. But the, <laughs> the, the, the thing is, though, his his animals on Instagram are completely different to the animals in Royal Line. Oh, wow. And, what a talent. And, like, they're brilliant and yet this is brilliant, but they're so different. Yeah. And I think um, when, I, when I first uh, saw his illustrations, I was blown away. And I actually, I, I reached out to him which is a bit of a no-no. Shh, don't tell anyone. Um, I just no, reached out to him. I won't tell anyone. I, I didn't say, like, because I wasn't reaching out to him, like, hey, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. I was just reaching out to say, thank you. You have yeah, done an amazing job. Nailed incredible. It. And he told me a little bit about his process. And um, he told me how, like, he, he used a few textures on, on this, on Rory. So hmm. you can, I think you can really see them. Um, there's a bit of crown in there. The and, lion's beautiful. Um, it's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's just... um. I, I've said before, I feel like you could you could take these spreads and frame them and put them yeah, on the wall. I think so too. Definitely definitely in like a nursery or something. And they would yeah, be Yeah, I agree. But, but to be honest, so we I just told you before the before the podcast started, I was telling you how we moved house. 
Yeah. And um, I discovered that my wife and I have completely different tastes in artwork. Um, and Oh, you I, found out now after you got married? Come on, Rory. Found out like after the fourth. You, you're going to have to curb your taste now. Sorry. Fourth. Yeah, well, I, I actually suggested, I said, how about we just put one of these threads of Rory up there? And she loves Rory, but she did say no. Maybe look. Maybe she doesn't realise a good thing until she's seen it. <laughs> That's really cool because I didn't know that you chose um, Pat Corrigan or you suggested. Let's say you suggested Pat Corrigan, and I just love that. Now I love the idea of reality versus expectation because you obviously had a picture of, you know, Rory in your head as you do when you write something. You have a picture of what you think it could look like, um, and even though you did that, Patrick still surprised you with something a bit different. Like that's pretty cool, right? I was insane. Like illustrators, I'm in awe of illustrators. Yeah, I think they're the totally. most amazing. And jealous. People. I'm a bit jealous too. Definitely. <laughs> Jealousy is very strong. Because <laughs> I haven't I haven't come across um, an illustrator. I haven't worked with an illustrator that I haven't like been blown away by. And, yes. Um this I, I just don't understand the skill. Like I, I struggle to draw stick people. And um <laughs> and one how time good, like, how good is Mary at finding them? Like I know she didn't find Pat. But how good is she at finding them? Absolutely amazing. Like, yeah, and just I feel like that's what she nails really, like that and design. Like, because Mary, Mary was like, all right, I got a surprise for you and she showed me the card. But you know how you have this amazing image in your head and then she manages to trump that image you have in your head and you're like, oh, my goodness, like that is so much better than I could ever have imagined. That's what happened. Yeah, totally. And one thing I was really excited about when she showed me the cover was um, it's actually my first non-blue cover. Oh. I've been blue, and oh. um, my next book cover is also blue. So, wow. so, um, so it's interesting. Like, I guess it must just be a, a common color for um, picture books. But I was quite excited to have something green. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I've I'm, I'm just had a little bit, little bit of a glance at my picture book collection here, and there's a lot of blue. There's a bit of yellow, but there's a lot of blue too. Huh. Interesting. I'm hoping to get. I'm hoping to get the full spectrum by the end. Of yeah. The, totally. My career, but absolutely. That's great. It's really interesting. Now, because all your picture books are blue, is that what defines a Rory Major <laughs> the book? Just kidding. What defines? Not anymore. <laughs> well, if you had to say something that defines a Rory H. May the book, what what defines a Rory book? Um, it's going to sound corny, but yeah, cool. I, I I just like to steal um the Larrikin motto, which is humor and heart. I think um I think in all my books there's a a good balance of that um. Like, you know, Vlad, um, it was, there was definitely some humour there, but at the end of the day, like, you know, Vlad was a bit sad because he couldn't, um, couldn't brush his teeth and he, it was all about friendship and all those nice things. And then um, same with, like, you know, there's a little bit most, I'm a little bit, there is mostly humour in the catastrophe, but um, there's a heart there too because, um, you know, it's, a, it's about, like, happiness and, um, at the end of the day, like everyone's happy that the East Bunny is one and all that. And then definitely get back in your books. Like definitely get back your books with um, like how everyone comes towards here at the end and helps the main character come up with a costume. Um, but, yeah, I, so I'm going to say human heart. Which, hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, Larrick, I'm stealing from Robert's not <laughs> Well, that's why you are a Larrick and author because you're on brand. I mean, I know you also published with other people. And I actually want to talk to you about that. So you've got books published with both Larrick and House and Scholastic. 
Yep. What is the difference, without giving away any industry secrets, although we like industry secrets here, how have they differed in process from submission to publication? Um, not a whole lot, to be honest. I guess um, I guess being friends with Mary, I, I feel more comfortable like reaching out and being like, hey, um, what's going on? Like, where's this up to or whatever? But that being said, like, my, my answers at um, Scholastic are incredible and I don't feel... Like I can reach out to them with a question as well. Like um, before we get back in your books and before it's attached to you, I was like, oh, is there any chance I can get like some promotion material or um, those sort of things? And they're, they're both in both cases with Larrick and with Plastic, everyone's really, um, really friendly and really quick to respond to you too, which is really nice. Um, because I know like as an author, you know, like there is a lot of waiting, mm. um, but it's it's nice that when, when, like, when something is happening, like even if it's going to take, 18 months or two years or whatever for a book to come out, um, you're still being kept in the loop and you still have a um, direct line of communication if you want it. That's interesting. Now, when you talk about how ideas, they come fast, some come slow, some sit there forever and never become anything but an idea, but how has your writing evolved five books in, well, your sixth coming out soon? Um, I think my style has evolved because one thing you probably – notice this if you compare like um the vlads and the royal line to um some of my classic titles um the rhyme scheme's different like with with vlad and with rory and whatnot um it's more complex i guess the rhyme because it's gonna give you an example um so like with rory for example and i think it's the same with Vlad. um it's royal line was as tough as can be so Claire could make a huge buffalo flea. So I'm rhyming every line mm-hmm. um, and generally in pairs. Um, whereas with my scholastic titles, um, I tend to only rhyme the second and fourth lines in the, in the four lines. Okay, it's so like an A, B, C, B. Rhymes. Yes, yes, exactly, yes. And I, I, I really like that style. Um, but in your other one, what were you doing? Were you doing A, A, B, B? Yes, A A B B. Okay, right, sure. Yeah. So I, I I think I um tend to these days write more um can you repeat the what that was? A A B B or A B C B. A B C B. Yeah, I tend to do more A B C B these days. Now is this a and, conscious um, decision? Because I know when I go in to write something, because I'm doing a series at the moment and they're both ended up like with different rhyme schemes. I didn't even realise that it doesn't actually make the difference because the rhythm's the same. But I just go in and write it and see how it feels. So do you make a conscious decision of what rhyme scheme you're going to use? Um, not – I didn't initially. Um, initially I, like, um, yeah, just wrote what felt natural and I think it does – like the story does sort of dictate mm. um, which, which scheme you're going to use. But I have become a massive fan of that ABCB mm-hmm. um, format because I find it very – um, it's a quicker format to write. and But it gives I you a bit of freedom that, too because every second line doesn't have to rhyme, so it gives you freedom. Yeah, and I find that yeah. I find that can make the, the pace of the story go a little bit yeah, quicker too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I quite like that. And I think it works best, obviously, in those 24-page picture books. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I do tend to write a lot more 24-page than 32-page these days. Um, part of it is that they are shorter, so they're, obviously quicker to write but um i also find that I, I think i enjoy them a little bit more now yeah um 
like when I was when I back when I first started writing, I was doing story times in, in, um, at the public library, and I wasn't really paying too much attention to twenty four or thirty two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, these days when I do a school visit, um, I, I think that the it's potentially depends on the story, obviously, but sometimes um, I feel like I might lose the kids um, towards the yeah. end of a thirty-two, whereas the twenty-four is sort of short enough that um, the kids can say, "Oh, I've had to, I haven't said, oh, can we read that again?" Because it's it's short and snappy. But the, that being said, one thing I really love about the thirty-two is um, it's can't really win either way, really, because the thirty-two being a bit longer um, and particularly like. The stories like Rory and, and Vlad, that rhyme format is it's a bit slower to read and I think that can really engage readers. Yeah. So I think I, I think it's again about the story, isn't it? The story dictates the rhyme scheme. The story dictates yeah. whether you need 32 or 24 because I actually like the option of 24 or 32 because sometimes a story doesn't need 32. And as, a, not, and as a reader of picture books to my children, sometimes you can feel that a picture book is probably longer than it needed to be, you know? Yeah, definitely, yeah. But, you know, I, when I was writing Vlad, I did look at making it 24 and it just wasn't possible. Yeah. And and it wouldn't have been the same story unless it was 32. And same with yeah. Rory. Like I, yeah. I, now when I look at because all my original manuscripts were 32. Mm-hmm. And so um, now when I go back, when I'm going through that um, backlog of um, things in my folders, I look to see whether I could make them 24. Yeah. And sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. Yeah. Um, and I would never make a book, a 32-page um, picture book, 24, if it meant sacrificing something. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like you'd be sacrificing story with Rory and with Vlad. Yeah, but um, I think that's the key, and that's what Larrick and House always say, story is king. So you let story dictate, you know, what it needs, what rhyme scheme it needs. You let the story dictate how long it needs to be. You let the story, you know, dictate all of those things. And and once you you do that, I think, instead of forcing it, that's when it is probably going to work. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, yeah, you love the story. Um, what Do what feels right for that particular story. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, there's yeah. humour in rhyme, and if you want to try and be really funny, I reckon if you do rhyme right, that that's where you, you get some of the best humour because it's un- some of it's unexpected even to you. Yes, I, I, I love, I love, um, I'm a big fan of, I don't know what the format's called, but, you know, it's in Rory. But uh, you know where you've got a, a rhyme where the, 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 at the end of the stanza you have dot, 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 and then you'll turn the page and that's yeah. what's going to complete the rhyme? Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah, me and too. That, and Rory's chocolate block for Yeah, that. I saw that. And I love those pages, those double page spread that's really just all illustrations and then just like one word. I really like that. Yeah, same. It's, I'm a huge fan. I try to, I try to have um, at least one. Um, spread page turner, book. like the ellipsis and the page turner. Yeah, yeah. I always try to get one of them in, in yeah. every manuscript. It's a good idea. I love it. I, like, I really liked it about Rory because, um, you know, it's a picture book and I really like it at, at sometimes the visuals just take over. Yeah. What I like with um, using the, yeah, the ellipsis and the ellipsis or ellipses, I'm not sure. Either way, the dot, dot, dot thing. Yeah, let's um, call it ellipsis. That's what I'm calling it. What, what I like about that and then having the um, the final word that rhymes on the next page is it gives a kid the opportunity to um, predict the rhyme. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. One of my favourite picture books of all time um, does that, and that's um, Nick Bland's A Very Sleepy Bear. Yeah, I love Nick Bland. 
And I, I, I used to read that um, when I was doing story time at the library. And mm. um, they're such winners, have, those books, aren't they? They're so, so good. Kids I, love them. I, I have a dream of having a book about there just because <laughs> how much I love those books. Like, I know there's bear books galore, and there's even books on how cool bear books are. But, um, but I, Nick Bland I just does it a bit differently, I reckon. He does. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan. And, I, and because of that, I feel like I have to have a bad book. Do it. You know, there was a time that I rang, I, I read The Hungry Bear. Is it The Hungry Bear? The Very Hungry Bear? Very Hungry Bear, I think. So often that I could actually, I can't now, but I could recite it, the whole thing, without a book. That's pretty impressive. I used to be able to recite The, um, the Very Hungry Caterpillar the same way. <laughs> so I could um, read it to my kids when we were out without the book because I loved it so much. I'd be like, right, okay, let me read your story. <laughs> You should practice that um, <laughs> definitely for your stories. And what you could do is, you know, um, Big W were doing those rap, um, those rap parodies. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure they did, they did one with one. Are you books. asking me to rap? I think I am. Oh. Not now. Don't do a freestyle. Maybe I could do a rap mashup and you could be part of that and you could rap a stanza. We could have like a rap mashup of all his rapping. Look, we can try. I do have a list. So my, this is happening. My, this is happening, Rory. You can choose the right. page you do. Life goals. All right. I'll choose work. I'll choose a page with very easy. No R's, no S's. You something like vanilla very simple. ice. I did do it when, when at the very beginning of COVID, I did a um parody of Ice Ice Baby. Oh, about, um, so sorry, about, I missed that. Um, it's fabulous. Somewhere online, so. Rory, we're friends. We are. You helped me with my very first manuscript that I sent into Larrikin. That one didn't get picked up, but the other one did. <laughs> That's not reflective. It's not reflective. I guarantee it. No, but you were very kind to help me because I was feeling very green, still am, but thank you. That was very kind of you to do that. I also heard you put in a good word for me too, so I appreciate I think that. that. That's what, I think that's what, uh, yeah. My, that would have got me over the line. Skill, my editing sure. skills probably aren't the best, but. um. No, you I, gave me lots of advice. And, you know, ever since you, you did give me advice. I cannot do a near rhyme anymore. I can't do it. I will. Good. I cannot ever. Fixing the world one near rhyme at a time. A near rhyme. And that's that's because of you. Because I thought they were okay before. And now you put it every time I do one, I'm like, no. Rory said, I can't. And I can't ever do one now. I think you can do them every now and then. But it's really um, only if there's no other option. Like it's, mm, it's agreeing. Agree. And it adds something to the story. Yeah. Agree. Anyway, I yeah. was actually going somewhere with this. Like, we you know, we're friends. We share, you know, one of our publishers is, you know, we share a publisher. Saw you last night at a Lurican Lab. So I feel like we're friends, Rory, but I feel like I could know you a little bit better. So I've got a couple of, uh, couple of get to know you questions. Are you ready? Oh, yes. You scared? I am scared. Definitely scared. Yes. Good. It's excellent. Because in the beginning you said you weren't nervous. So I'm just sort of you be scared again. I didn't really. Palms are sweaty and his weak arms are heavy. Sorry. Everything. Yes. <laughs> okay, you ready? Number one, I've got five questions for you. Okay. Who is your hero? I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. I think I've got lots of heroes, to be honest. Um, who do you think my hero is? I think it's your mum. I'm going to say my mum and dad, to be honest. Um, so you're pretty close. You're halfway there. <laughs> Um, my parents, yeah, they are, they really are my heroes because they're the most supportive people and I dedicated Rory to them um, because partly because they really loved the story back in the day and but partly because they've just been the most supportive people and not just with my writing, just in general in life. Mm. And um, the, I, I had a really cool upbringing, I think, um, because 
I had both my parents there most of the time because we were crammed into a, a sailboat together. Um, oh, wow. Sailing around the world. Um, That's a cool and, story, Rory. Thank you. Yeah. No, it, it, <laughs> Why have we it, not talked about that before? It doesn't have anything to do with books, Denny. So, you know. But, uh, this is why I did the get to know you questions. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known this important information about you. We're going to have a conversation about this later. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, so I think I was, my sister was there too, and so, you know, um, but we, we never got on each other's nerves, and it was a pretty small space, like a lot smaller than the average house. Maybe um, she'd but, say differently. I'm going to ask her. Sorry? Maybe she'd say something different. I'm going to ask your sister. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, she might say that I got on her nerves. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, so I, I'm just really grateful to my parents. They are my heroes. I love that. Second question, what's the last book that made you cry? Danny, 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 I don't want to sound like a monster, but I've never cried in a movie or a book. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's really interesting. Yeah. No, I've, I've gotten sad, obviously, but um, ah, I've never cried. I, I didn't know that you were, a, 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 like a, what do they call it, a non-empath? Oh, no, I, I do cry. I do cry. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just uh, joking. I'm just joking. I, I, I cry in the corner wow. a lot. And yeah, no, I so don't cry. What about any piece of art? No art has ever made you cry? No, but I do love art. Like, wow. I, I'm a, like my my classic response to everything, every time I see a new illustration um, from, from one of my um, from one of my books is to squeal. So I do show emotion. Um, but, yeah, crying is not um, something I do for art. I do love art. That's interesting. And, and I do cry, just not. It's all right. You don't have to. Quite it's healthy. okay. You don't actually need to justify yourself. The lo- I cried in Meg Mason's Sorrow and Bliss. I got to page 250 and literally did not stop crying until the end. And it's about 350 pages long. The closest I ever got to crying um, in either a book or a movie was in... Um, in the movie, I think it's called Six Feet Apart. Mm-hmm. And it's um it's about a um a, t- a some teenagers who are a couple who I think have um I can't remember what disease they have, but they have a disease where they, they can't be close to each other and they, they have to um their immune systems are very compromised. Oh god, this is awful. And, oh, it's the most like but it it's a sad movie, but but it's a brilliant movie because it makes you feel things. Hmm. And I remember going. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take that as an almost cry. We'll take that. Look, the whole cinema was crying except me. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Close enough. Sweaty eyeballs at least? Like, did you feel like a little bit of a prickle in your eyes? No, my palms are sweaty, but no. (laughs) No. You started Uh, rapping instead. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, guys. All right, question three. Question three. What's your go-to karaoke song? It's karaoke. Little man. Give me a bit. Weep for yourself, my man. You're not as brave as you were at the start. I put oh, the accent on too. Fantastic. Um, I thump. And you know why it's good? It's good because most people know the words. And if you're a, like, say, a, a, a venue that sells alcohol. Um, people, what are they called again? I forget. I've been in lockdown for so long. Is it a bar? Bars, bars, a bar. yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And I spit my bars like, you know, like it's hot. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to go out with you. Oh, I'm a big karaoke fan. Mm, and, and, let's um, do it. I'm actually doing karaoke on Saturday night. Because luckily in Queensland, we're not locked down. But um, but uh, yeah, no, Little Lion Man's my go-to, and everyone gets behind it. 
Probably Love because it. I've had a few drinks. But well, I think we should get together nice. all for Christmas party karaoke. Let's do that. Done. Do Let's it. Hold. Let's do it. All right. For if I came over for dinner, what are you cooking me? Um, I'm gonna cook you cannelloni. Oh, I like pasta. Cool. Yeah, cannelloni was um was uh, one of my go-to dishes back in the oh, day. Excellent. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty good at it, I think. All right, fantastic. Well, get me my place, Matt. Come to the new place. Georgia yep. won't mind. She'll be fine. Spare beds there. We're all set. Wait, let's do it. Uh, three ideal dinner guests. Dead or alive? Um, you know what? I'm going to go uh, yourself. Oh, James Layton and what? Mary Anastasio because um, I've never met either any of you in real life. Wow. And I would love to meet all of you in real life. That is the most epic dinner party ever. It would be hilarious. There would be so many of Mary and I can just pay out James all night. You can be making the cannelloni. It would be the best I, day I, ever. I won't be quite brave enough to pay out James. Um, all right. In case, like, in case he doesn't take him a books. But, yeah. I'll, <laughs> so I'll, should I I'll not be doing that I'll, as well? I think you probably get away with it. I'll just okay. laugh behind. I'll like duck out of the room to laugh and come back in. And <laughs> you'll see tears from laughter. Oh my God, that is seriously the best dinner party ever. And when is that happening? As soon as you guys are out of lockdown. Oh, right, let's I do it. Make this happen. Let's put it on the calendar. So in. Like I'm fully vaxxed, so I'm, I'm good to fly. Fully vaxxed on Monday. I'll join you on Monday. I'll be fully vaxxed. I'm half. Excellent. Mm, looking forward to it. All right, that was fun. I feel like I know, and we're going to have this sailboat conversation one day. We are. Definitely. Um, but, Danny, I've got a few questions for you oh too. Oh, God. Why do, you always, okay? why do you do this to me all the time? You turn the tables. It's just I like to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> and you don't cry <laughs> no, about it. No, that's not true. I like to make you uncomfortable. I'm not going to cry about it. All right, hit me. All right. Um, if you could hang out with any writer for a day, dead or alive, who would you choose? It's like the easiest question I've ever been asked. Oscar Wilde. Ahead of his time, took risks in his writing. The Picture of Dorian Gray was banned, so I want to – and the one that was banned wasn't even the first edition. The first edition was so saucy that he like went to jail. So I need to read that manuscript. Like I would really love to read that manuscript. He challenged societal beliefs and stereotypes. And, you know, he's the, he's the best quote master of all time. He said, the books that the world calls immoral are books that show the world its own shame. Oh, wow. Aren't you a good <sighs> quote, quote in literature? That's pretty impressive. Oscar Wilde, because I love him so much. So, that's yeah, a, no brainer. That's a pretty cool name, though, too, doesn't he? Yeah, totally. Like, if you're going to, like, yeah, that's a brilliant name. Mm. So, yeah. No, bro. We'll, we'll drink absinthe. We'll read the saucy version of The Picture of Dorian Gray. We'll probably get arrested at the end of the night. It'd be great. I might come to that party. <laughs> um, I'll watch it from a distance. Um, all right. If you had the ability to write any genre, what would it be? Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay, the one I'm trying to write now. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> take a short story. I missed out on a short list, like, just of the shortlist for my crime novel so it wasn't quite good enough but the publishers asked me to rewrite it and so i'm rewriting it well it wasn't really exciting when i got the phone call and now i'm like so neck deep in self-doubt and feeling out of my depth that i just want to be able to write crime so please someone help me write crime no if a publisher is asking you to rewrite something that's like that's the next best thing to getting something signed because, you know, oh. publishers, publishers often don't respond at all. So that's brilliant. Yeah, Congratulations. But I feel like I can't 
um, it's hard. And so that would be my wish. Please just let me write this. How many words are we talking here? About 80,000. Oof. Oof. <laughs> and I, I know what I did. You. you know what I was thinking. You know what I did the other day? I was like, these chapters, these flashbacks, they're not working. And so you know what I did? I gutted it 16,000 words. Oh my God. And although that needed to happen, it hurt my feelings inside. <laughs> you hurt my feelings. I might actually cry about that, to be honest. That's- yes. Made Rory cry. Yes. So not only do I have to do a rewrite, I have to make up 16,000 words now. <laughs> wow. You know, if you've, re- but if you've done 80,000 before, you can get 80,000 again. What happened? Can, oh, okay. Yeah. Me, you got this. Me. You got this. All right. Next question. Um, what is a book you would love to see turned into a movie or TV series? Ooh. Oh, you know what? I would love. I love. I'm a massive fan of um, Gabriel Bergmos's *The Hunted and the Inheritance*. Uh, two sort of crime thrillery books that are pretty reasonable. The Inheritance just came out recently, and I reckon because it's pretty graphic, it's pretty visceral, it's pretty violent. I can see like an Australian sort of Kill Bill happening. So, yeah, that one. That'd be tops. All right. What is a book you would hate to see turn into a movie or TV series? Mm. It, could be, it could be because you don't think someone could do it justice or it could be you just could make a terrible movie or TV mm. series. Mm. I'll let you decide. Um, every book. <laughs> every book. Okay, no. with the exception. There's an exception, The Book Thief. I think that was amazing, that adaption. But generally speaking... I know, I'm always disappointed with the movie version, I think, especially if I've really loved a book. So I did watch, you know, um, The Picture of Dorian Gray, Oscar Wilde adaption to movie, and it was thoroughly disappointing. And so I feel like, I feel like I don't need my favourite books turned into movies. And if other people do, that's cool, but I don't need to watch them in the movie because I've got everything right there in my head. And if I want to go back and visit, I'll just read it again. You know, I think that's a great answer. Total I think, book um, nerd. nerd. It's a book nerd answer. I think, I think, yeah, every book nerd can appreciate that. Every book reader can appreciate that, to mm. be honest. Name your favourite three book characters and why are they your favourites? That's interesting. Favourite three book characters. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back to the classics, all right? So one of my all-time favourite novels is Love in the Time of Cholera, which isn't really fitting for the COVID situation we've got now, but, hey. Um, I just love the character. I've forgotten his name. It's great. But he's this guy who just loves this woman from the very first time he sees her and loves her right into old age, spoiler alert, and can never have her for his whole entire life. And so he's kind of pathetic and kind of desperate, but at the heart of it, he's just 100% in love. And I kind of like that. I like that 110%. It is, it is, right? It's a little bit creepy. It's a little bit creepy. Um, (laughs) He doesn't like, he's not... I, don't, I should read it again before I say this, but I don't think he's a creeper. He just loves her and he tries to distance, move on. Like a safe distance? A safe, it's pretty safe. Like he, he, he's her friend and, and okay. he's, 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 he's sort of around. But, look, I need to read it again because I'm feeling like he might be a creeper <laughs> and I might change my mind about him being one of my friends. Now, I just like the point of the well, unwavering well, love. Yeah, you know, no, the, definitely. The, the passionate, unwavering love and of that, you know, there's nothing more painful than unrequited love. No. Well. Well, there are. Yeah. It's what the top. It's in the top three. I, I banged my finger today when I was moving house. And that that's really that's number four. It's in the top three though, I reckon. All right, the next one. Oh, I'm going to go with classics just because I'm a massive nerd. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Elizabeth Bennet. 
Pride and Prejudice because she never does what she's told. She's ahead of her time. She stands up to men and they have all the power and she's heaps annoying. So I can relate to her, I feel. I like characters that are annoying and flawed. Um, and the third one has to be my favourite villain in the world, Dorian Gray from Oscar Wilde, the picture of Dorian Gray. He's a villain. He's complex. He doesn't mean to be a villain. He's just a bit naive. He's drawn into this dark world because of his expectation of reality and what people tell him he wants. He lacks reflection, but he's so interesting. And I, I really love him because he's flawed, just like the rest of us, because he seeks pleasure and that's what he wants. And, you know, I love joy, so I'm, I can sort of relate. I'm not as easy enough. as that, but I feel like I live vicariously through through that book. I feel like I might be able to make you cry, Danny, because um, I've never read any of those. Mm, okay. Well, the next podcast can be me reading Dorian Gray to you aloud. <laughs> I'm, uh, look, to be honest, you have really sold that story and I'm, I am keen to read it. So oh, um, I'm going to get down to my library tomorrow. Do yourself and, a favour and get it. Seriously. And look, it's a bit... It's a bit descriptive, the first chapter. You just have to push through the description of the flowers because there's a point to it. Push through and then you get to the gritty, nasty stuff. So don't be fooled by the description of flowers because it's a it's an important juxtaposition of beauty and the importance of aesthetic beauty. I can appreciate that. Do it. And then you know what we'll do? Oh, my God, I just had a nerd idea. We'll come back and we'll discuss Dorian Gray as a podcast. Huh. All right. Because right. it's my favourite book ever and I'll just nerd out about it for like two hours. You know, what we could do, we could have like, we could discuss it, but before, at the end of that, I could do like a, a 20 questions quiz where you have to get the answers right or yes. I don't know what happens. The stick, might up, be. stick a cream pie in my face. I'll arrange for your kids to do that. Yeah, cool. That's a deal. It's a deal, Rory. It's a deal. That so, was fun. Right. Do you feel like you've known me a little bit better now? Yeah, I do. And yeah. I also, yeah, I really do think I need to go read Doing Great. You do, you do. Everyone listening needs to read it. And if you read it, we can all have, we'll all be on the podcast and have a joint book, sort of nerd out book club moment. Let's do it. Sounds brilliant. All right, so if you're a listener and you read Dorian Gray within the time period Rory reads Dorian Gray. I'm a slow reader, everyone, so, you know, that's why I write picture books. We'll invite you on. We'll invite you on and then we can all talk about Oscar Wilde's Dorian Gray. It'll be like an epic book club episode. Why haven't I done that before? You're an ideas person. I think I your mm, your podcast is just true. constantly evolving. Mm, it is. That's how my brain is. My brain's just this scattered mess of ideas. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> I think it works well. <laughs> Rory, I love speaking to you. And I cannot wait to come to your house for a dinner party with your dinner party guests, Mary, James, some cannelloni. It is going to be magnificent. All right. Cannot wait. So thank you so much, Rory, for joining me again on the podcast and I know we'll come back again and talk about Dorian Gray. Sounds great. Thank you so much. It's been fun as always, Rory. Can't wait to see you in IRL. In Evelyn, Danny, thank you so much for having me again. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny B Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.